on with Faith FM Breakfast Show. Here we go and we're on air. Good to be on air. Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. 87.6, or 88 right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio. In the morning you're with the double L team, the other double L team, Lyle and... Liam. Good Liam. morning everybody. Welcome to the show, Liam. What are you thankful for this morning? Uh, this morning I am thankful for a lot of things that really all fall under one big old category of things that provide warmth. I uh, have, over the past 12 to 24 hours, I have been a little bit chilly. Um, making Freezing to death here in the frigid zones of the southern Newcastle. That's it, yeah. I um, For the first time in a very down. long time, I've slept underneath the covers. I have worn jackets and jumpers and, and long pants. It's a, it's a, it's a new experience for me. Yes. And, um, yeah. A little different from Cairns. Just a, just a tad, yeah. In Cairns, at the moment, I'd probably be wearing uh, a singlet, boardies and thongs, getting ready to, to go do something for the day. Um, but yeah, so I'm thankful for warmth this morning. Maybe maybe we should move Faith FM to Cairns. That would uh, make the breakfast show. The breakfast show. <laughs> that would make things uh, much more warmer. It although would. it would, it, it could potentially get too warm at some stage. So there's there's pros and cons with with every place. I think I find. Yeah, well, it's kind of it's kind of you know we're heading into March now, heading towards that time of year. And, you know, it's, uh, I think I'm wearing a jumper for the first time this morning as well this year, so uh, maybe we're going to have this a little bit more often now, but uh, it's not terribly cold yet. The colder days are coming. Liam, you've lived down here before. I'm sure you'd be well familiar with it. Uh, yeah, I'll, it'll, I'll catch up. It'll, it'll get there. Fantastic. Now, what are you thankful for this morning, Lyle? I am thankful for... Um, the thing, the thing. Yes. The dictionary? No, not the dictionary. Where you find all these words. The name of it has escaped my mind right now. I've gone drawn a mind blank. The cactusy looking thing that is good for sunburn. Aloe vera. Aloe vera. Aloe vera. Like we had all this wild aloe vera growing around our place at the moment. And the landlord's, oh, take as much as you want. So I dug up like a whole bunch of plants yesterday, put them in pots. Oh, love They are going with us. Aloe vera is like a magic plant. Anyway. This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. There you go. Oh, that was fancy this morning. The weather jingle. <laughs> Felt like a, like a newsman. <laughs> this is Hilary Scott and the Scott family with the river. Secrets, wishing you could let them go. Do you feel like an orphan searching for a home? Well, there's a love that fills what's empty. There's a place you can be changed. There's a God who knows you. He's calling out your name. Come on down to the river. Don't be washed in the blood. And your sin.
flows like the Mississippi From the giver of endless grace And everyone is welcome here To dive into the waves So leave the questions far behind you Leave your past back on the shore Scott and the Scott family with the river here to get us started on the breakfast show this morning. We're about to have our first clue for the quiz, so get ready to call if you know the answer to this one. Here we go. This is a who am I question today. Clue number one, Zechariah 11, 12 to 13, prophesies of my wickedness. Zechariah chapter 11. Zechariah chapter... Seriously, that's the clue. That's the truth. That's the clue. How often do you read Zechariah chapter 11, Liam? Me? I mean, once a year when it comes up in the Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, this is one that we all know off by heart, isn't it? Indeed. Yes. Zechariah chapter 11. That's the clue. That's the clue. Seriously. That's the clue. All right. Okay. So, guys, here, here's how it works. If you are not driving... You have an opportunity right here to get in ahead of me because I don't have a chance to look this up, but you do. So uh, look it up and find out who this particular person is and give us a call, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. Our prize today is... Nature's Superfoods by Sanitarium, full of wonderful uh, recipes and 
things that you can make and, and got some stories in there as well. So a lovely little piece there. And you know the deal. You win this one, you owe us a meal. That's, we, we expect it uh, by <laughs> five invi- o'clock an in the morning. That's right. That's Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Of course. Naturally. All right. 1-800-FAITH-FM if you know the answer, and that uh, cookbook will be coming your way. There we go. What do we have happening in the realm of positively different news? So for my positive news story this morning, it's uh, it's really a matter of perspective how you look at it, okay? Um, now, obviously, I've just started here, but there is potential that this story might in, entice someone to leave and go over to London. Because over in London, in East London in particular, there is a lab where volunteers, well, the, the lab is looking for volunteers where they will be- in Wait, 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 wait. Before we talk about going to London for a lab for volunteers, I'm just sort of thinking nobody wants to go to London right now. They're 10 days out from being in total lockdown in the entire country. Why would you want to go to London? Well, because that's where you'll be infected with the coronavirus Oh, and this is okay. <laughs> so this is positively different news that you're bringing to us here. It's it's it. Look, it's a matter of perspective. Okay, okay. you'll right. be right. you will be infected with the coronavirus vaccine to help uh, with the thing to help find a vaccine to help find a cure. I don't know that okay? I need to go to London to get infected with the coronavirus. It looks like <laughs> you know we're about what a fortnight, three weeks, maybe a month off being total lockdown here in Australia. That's it. And um, the thing that they're helping to use to, to bait people in is that they will reportedly, if you volunteer, you will reportedly be paid 3,500 pounds, or that is a little under 7,000 Australian dollars. Um, you know what? I'd actually do that. Yeah. And- I'll tell you two reasons why I would do that. One is that I'm fit and healthy, so I'm yep. not particularly scared of the disease. Yep. And for two... Um, you know, it's a free trip to London right there. I oh, know. Why not? Let's just go. And, and, well, the, here's a third reason. By the time it's done, you know, you you, you have a bad a bad cold flu thing for uh, a couple of weeks, and then you're immune. You know, I, I'd, I'd be like, I don't have to deal with the stress. Am I going to get it? Am I not going to get it? It's like I've already had it. I'm good to go. Now you are saying a lot of a lot of the things that you might look forward to. However, there are some things that might not be as attractive. Okay. You won't be allowed physical contact with the outside world for two whole weeks. Ah, that's right. Okay. This unit two weeks is, of Netflix. We're good. And apparently they've got like Xbox and, and, and PlayStation and all these wonderful things that sort of my my generation would absolutely love. Okay. Um, now the unit is based. There's in, good things on. There's good things on Netflix. You can you can make yeah. There's there's good and bad. It depends on what that's you right. choose. It's you all choose the good. The matter of choice. Again, um, now the unit is based in East London. Uh, the test will take up to they will test up to twenty four people at a time, with the aim to find a vaccine by next winter. Now this is to help protect the elderly and those with underlying health problems in flu season. Volunteers will be kept in a unit in Queen Mary Bioenterprises Innovation Centre in Whitechapel after being infected with two common strains of coronavirus OC four three and two two nine E. Now the one that's going round is COVID. COVID-19, which will only cause a mild respiratory illness. Wait, wait, wait. So do we get infected with COVID-19 or not? No. Um, (gasps) However, the the effects of the OC43 and the 229E are very similar to COVID-19, which is currently sweeping the world. Now, if you don't know where Whitechapel is, I did a little bit of research and it is the second brown place on the Monopoly board. Right. 
just to no worries. No. Okay, yep. if you want to get a we're, bit of an we're, idea, we're, we're of, on our of what type of town it is. Um, now, Google Maps, Monopoly is your solution. That's the one. <laughs> um, now the idea is to allow researchers and pharmaceuticalists for, uh, for pharmaceutical firms to test the efficiency of new viruses and antiviral medications in a safe environment. The guinea pigs will feel the symptoms of a cough or a cold, which would model those of the COVID-19. And it's thought that any treatment used against these viruses successfully could work in the real world too. Now, before being selected, volunteers will be quizzed on their medical history and undergo blood, urine and cardiac tests. So, so I still got this question. If, if I'm not getting infected with COVID-19, does that mean that I'm immune from COVID-19 or not? Because it's kind of pointless if I, you know, do this whole two weeks of being locked away and, and uh, you know, infected with all these miserable diseases and feeling crook as if I don't come out, you know, the, the, the plus side to it, of course, would be just coming out and going like, hey, I'm immune. I can go anywhere I want. I can go to China. I can go to Wuhan, you know. You can <laughs> travel the world on getting infected on all these diseases and, and reap the benefits. But if I'm not getting infected with COVID-19, I'm getting infected with a couple of different ones that they're doing for a future vaccine, then I'm just sort of like, well, there's not, it's not so, much, not so attractive anymore. Well, I, um, believe it or not, I can, I can relate a little bit to this. Um, not that I can remember it very well, but when I was younger, I was actually part of a, a clinical trial. This explains everything. I was, a, I, was a, <laughs> I was a test subject. Now, I can't remember exactly what it was for, um, but... It was something related to the measles. So they they infected me and um, or from memory, they I don't know exactly because I was quite young. It was something to help with uh, babies who were developing. Um, so from memory, they from what mum has told me, they infected me and they then gave me a, a immunization. And the only lasting effects that I can tell that I received from all this is I have two small little holes on my chest Um but other than that, I'm all good. Right. Yeah. Um, and you uh, got seven and a half grand for that? I wouldn't have. Um, mum and dad might have got something. You I, know, think- I tend to think if you're going to do that with your child, I think I think you kind of owe it to them to put it into an account somewhere <laughs> and let it grow interest. It's like, yes, we did this to you, but you've got some money coming your way, so it's all good. It'll all work out. Okay. Um, so participants for this particular test, they will be required to visit a lab and be inoculated for two weeks before going into isolation for 14 days. So the whole process takes about four weeks. Nurses and doctors will regularly enter the room for nasal swabs, blood tests, and to collect any dirty tissues, which are later weighed to measure their viral load, which is a interesting yep. form of words. Um, yep. And they will be required to wear protective clothing and ventilators. Um, now, if it's you kind of scary being <laughs> in a hospital bed and people are walking in in spacesuits, is like, what on earth do I have? Oh, I tell you what, it's it's all a bit novel. I think um, um, uh, during uh, these two uh, weeks, uh, uh, I saw what you did there. During these <laughs> during these two weeks, uh, the participants they'll be unable to exercise or have, as I mentioned before any physical contact with other people, even the food they eat, will be tightly controlled. Ooh. The most effective Hospital drugs food. and new or existing vaccines will then be fast-tracked into real-world test, real testing against COVID-19. Now, if you're interested in this uh, and joining the global fight, you can find out more at flucamp.com. You know what would be interesting? Because I'm just listening to the fact that, you know, that you, your diet is strictly controlled and that kind of 
is um, I understand why they do that because it cre- creates a control. Mm. But the worst kind of food on the planet is hospital food. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't feed my kids hospital food yeah. on a normal day. Oh. Because it's packed full of rubbish. Uh, and it just it so- sort of does my head and it's like, I don't eat that unhealthy from day to day. Why do they give me food that is that unhealthy when I go to hospital and I'm trying to heal up? Yeah. I mean, seriously, what are they thinking? I, I've only ever had to go to hospital hospital for one thing. I had an operation on my ankle um, and I had to stay in overnight. So I got dinner and breakfast pretty much. Um, now, I can't remember exactly what I had for dinner, but for breakfast, um, it was so unappealing that I asked mum to go to the shops and buy me some wheat bix because <laughs> I do love my wheat bix and have them every single morning. Six, um, as the question goes, how many do you do? I was in hospital for two weeks and everything I fed was laced with sugar. Oh. How terrible is that? You're trying to heal for crying out loud. Anyway, this is BJ Thomas with Thank You, Lord. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Welcome back, everybody. That was BJ Thomas with Thank You, Lord. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Here comes clue number two for our quiz. Clue number two. Pardon me. Clue number two for the quiz this morning. I said, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? 
it was worth a year's wages. If you think you know the answer, please give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM or send us a text on 0491 Okay. Now, uh, Lyle, you, you weren't too sure after the first one. Do you know? Oh, Lyle's got it. So, unfortunately, easy the one. double prize is out for this morning. But if you think you know what it is, you're the, the main prize, the Nature's Superfoods by Sanitarium, is still very much up for grabs. Fantastic. Okay, with our daily corona update, which we haven't been doing on a daily basis, but that's okay. Um, Italy has just passed 10,000 cases, and the entire country has gone into total lockdown. So they were talking about locking down just the northern half of Italy, which meant that there was a sudden mass migration out of the north to the south, which is like the worst thing in the world you want to have happen when you are trying to contain a virus. Everybody just did the stupidest thing. Um, Anyway, so they've just put the whole country in lockdown. And it looks like England, Germany and France are about 10 days off going into total lockdown themselves. So this is going to have massive, massive impacts on these countries, on their economies. It's hard to even gauge, you know, what the result will actually be uh, from, you know, major, major countries like this going into total lockdown. Be interesting to see what happens if a, uh, you know, a superpower like the United States went into lockdown from one side of the country to the other. Yeah. Um, and of course, the other pandemic that is spreading around the world right now is the toilet paper pandemic. It seems that Americans are just as crazy and stupid as Australians in that they're like, Ooh, we're going to survive the coronavirus by buying toilet paper. I still do not understand that. Well, it's like this. Somebody started a panic run here in Australia, which meant that other people thought, oh, no. Because everybody's panicking about coronavirus, I won't be able to buy toilet papers. They bought toilet paper because other people were panicking. And then Americans looked at Australia and gone, oh, no, if that comes here to America, we're going to be in trouble. So they bought toilet paper and it just unbelievable. It escalated from there. Interestingly, uh, two of the largest religious conventions held annually in Australia, Big Camp in uh, Western Australia and North New South Wales, Um, And so uh, particularly our Adventist audience will be interested to hear this. Big camp in both North New South Wales and Western Australia have been cancelled and will not be taking place um, as a result of the coronavirus. It looks like, uh, you know, we're looking um, a number of weeks down the track before these Easter events take place. And um, yeah. So Australia, currently we have 116 cases with 60 of them in New South Wales. And we could be, yeah, our country could be in lockdown by the time we get there. Anyway, another story that I do want to cover this morning. Um, <clears throat> of course, we, uh, we you know, probably one of the most famous sporting stories of the last 12 months would be the Israel Folau case. Yes, indeed. Um, and it seems that if you express your religious beliefs as a prominent sportsman on social media, then you can easily be banned from sports in Australia, shamed in the media, um, year-long slamming, you know, headline court case. You know, it goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. What I'm wondering is about these two bulldog behavior, these two bulldog players that have been exhibiting pedophile behaviour. You know, when you take two young school children back to your hotel room, you know, and, okay, no complaints have been made yet. Mm-hmm. But who does that? What kind of a person does that? 
And what is the response going to be across Australia? Now, it may come out that, you know, they were their kid sisters. I don't know. But this is, if that is, this is not the case, you know, and they've been issued with a show cause notice by NRL. If this is not the case, then the question that I'm going to ask is, which one's going to be bigger? A player who expresses his religious beliefs, regardless of whether you agree with it or not, or a player who express, expresses and, 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 and actually performs pedophile behaviour? Mm, quite the question. There's a big difference between those two right there, and, it, and, and this is a test for NRL. Yep. Uh, this, is, this is a test right here. How are you going to respond? Mm. Which, 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 which crime is the bigger crime? Yeah. Expressing religious beliefs or, you know, attacking children. Um, now, once again, we need to be very clear. There have been no complaints from either the girls or their families. And at this stage, a show cause notice has been issued and there may be circumstances that we do not yet understand. But it's significant that these two guys have been suspended from play while the investigation continues. Um it will be a story that we need to follow. Indeed. In California. Oof. Moving to California, they have just introduced legislation to make composting burials legal. I think this is actually hilarious. Explain to me, Lyle, what is a composting, a composting burial? That's where your body turns back to dirt. Doesn't it? So that's now kind of suddenly legal. I mean, doesn't that's it been do that anyway? Happening for the last six thousand years. <laughs> what do people actually think happens to a body when you put it in the ground? Now, composting burial is a faster process where they actually uh, take the body, they cover it with wood chips, they aerate it, and the body turns back to dirt. Like the entire body, it, through a natural process, an all natural process, turns back completely to dirt in thirty days. It's not a bad effort. That's quick. That's pretty impressive. You know, you can build, you can dig up bodies that are hundred years old and still find the bones. Um, <clears throat> and so this is this is just a very very efficient way of doing what has always been happening. The kind of nice thing about it is you get to take back um, afterwards. You get to take back, you know, a uh, probably a couple of you know wheelbarrows or so of soil that you can then use for whatever you would like to use it for. Uh, grow a tree, whatever it might be, form a memorial. Um, which I think is a whole lot nicer than, you know, like, oh, somewhere over there, there's six feet under, there's a uh, a composted body. This is something you can actually do something. I really like this idea. I, I'd, I'd go for it. Why not? It's a little bit expensive. It's like six grand, Ooh. five and a half grand. But um, it is definitely fast. And, you know, it, it with 30 days, it gives you a time frame that you can work with. Interestingly, I find the religious responses to these kinds of things interesting. Um, the Roman Catholic Church has denounced it. Really? Yes. They've denounced um, and they natural have, they behavior. Have, they have opposed the bill. And I am just wondering what they kind of think happens to bodies when they put them in the ground. Do they think some, you know, speeding the process up is going to actually make a difference here? But in recent years, the Roman Catholic Church has allowed cremations, but has stated that the ashes are not to be scattered. They can't scatter them in the air, on the ocean, um, or on the dirt. They have to be put in an urn and kept in either a church or a cemetery. 
Is that so that when... Consecrated ground. When Jesus comes, he doesn't have to go searching uh, through the bushes and through the leaves to pick up all the little grains? Something like that. Is that what they think? I, well, it's, there's no explanation here. I shouldn't, we shouldn't um, no. jump to conclusions. But I do sort of like, why would you stand in the way of legislation that is allowing for a process that has been the way it's been done for like the last 6,000 years to suddenly become legal? Um, there's actually this is interesting because green burials have been gaining in popularity. Green burials are a different version of the same thing, and this is where you are buried in a wicker um, coffin, and uh, you're buried in such a way that the body will decompose very, very rapidly. So the whole whole idea of it, you know, because you can get you can get buried in an airtight lead coffin, and your body will stay there for like the next couple of thousand years. Um, wicker is the opposite. And the entire thing breaks down. Coffin, body, everything breaks down. What is interesting is the way that this has taken off in the conservative south of the United States. Right. So this is the area where you would, you know, you're super conservative. Maybe you expect them not to be going for new things like this. And it has just exploded. Yeah. Everybody wants to do it. And one of the reasons is it's super inexpensive and it's available for poor people. Poor mm. people can have this kind of burial and, of course, it's not going to all of the massive expense that is involved in traditional burials. And, of course, it is a natural way of dealing with the human body at the time of death. There we go. This is Sarah Groves with Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Before our Father's throne We pour out ardent prayer Our fears and hopes are
back, everybody. We, we were listening to Sarah Groves with Bless Be The Tie. It's our interview of the day time. Before we do, we have another clue for our quiz. Liam, what have you got for us? Well, we've actually got a winner. Oh, really? We already? Congratulations. Now, uh, Gary from Flinders Park, South Australia, he called in and he guessed Correct Judas answer. Iscariot. Well done, Gary. I, was, we I nearly said well done, Judas. No, not well done, Judas. <laughs> well done, Gary. <laughs> Good guess right there. Indeed. So, um, yeah. Next quiz. What do you got? Next quiz is a what city am I? Clue number one. Paul rebuked Peter in this city because Peter wouldn't eat with Gentiles for fear of the Jews. Lyle is writing something down. And it does look like he has got this one correct. So no double op, no double price for this one. But we but do have a cookbook for you. We do have another cookbook. That's so right. if you think you know the answer, give us a call on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or send us a text on 0491-064669. Joining us in the studio is David Haupt, who brings us our regular weekly section on emotional health. And David has been sharing a series with us Specifically dealing with depression, the causes of depression, how to address the causes of depression. But we're going to take a little bit. I asked David last week whether we could just take a little bit of a break to talk about um, the stress that coronavirus is causing. Now, I don't know about you as a listener, but for myself, ever since this has, has broken, ever since it has arrived in Australia, and our media is bombarding us with the news of it, and, of course, it is something we do need to report on. I report on on a regular basis. But you do live with just a certain sense of nagging tension in the back of your mind where, you know, you would almost like prefer to catch the virus, get it over and done with so you can relax and get on with your life. David, I'm wondering whether we can discuss corona stress this morning. Let me first say good morning to your listeners. Uh, corona stress, what a... What a new title being given to this. Um, Lyle, you know what? Stress, I need stress. Right. The, the only person that does not need stress is a corpse. Okay. So there's two kinds of stresses. The one is a good kind. The other is a bad kind. So short-term stress, when I walk over the road and suddenly I see a car approaching, there is for a few seconds stress and it gets me moving gets me to get quickly over the 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 road it saves your life it saves my life but then prolonged stress actually becomes toxic to our system so uh, our immune system is made uh, up out of billions of cells that move through our uh, blood system in and out of our organs and it actually captures uh, pathogens, disease-causing agents and destroys that. But what stress does is that it in actual fact destroys the the, the number of uh, the protecting cells that we have which we call our immune system. And therefore what's happening at the moment when we are bombarded constantly with major stress uh, I, I just think about my my grandkids uh, unable to bring about any change but daily bombarded with in other words catapulted right there into the hot zones of this world where coronavirus is killing off people on a daily basis 
they have no ability to deal with that stress, no ability to change that, but is confronted with it. And mass media at the moment places us in an unhealthy stress. So the question that comes up in my mind then, if the stress of coronavirus is actually damaging to our immune system, and obviously the immune system is critical to you know to overcoming this virus is there the potential that you know if this continues out over the next 12 months or so and drags on into a year before it sort of starts to slow down in any way shape or form you get multiple large countries that are going into lockdown you have you know economies that are being adversely affected it's sort of a domino effect taking place here is there the potential that as the stress builds up, the immune system will go down and the mortality rate, you know, percentage from the virus itself could actually increase from what it is, you know, where it started in China? The volume of lymphocytes, which is your immune system, your, your white blood cells that are the, the soldiers, the fighters of disease, is diminished in, in our blood system. So therefore, we have less T cells to fight. A research that was done uh, on a group of student medical doctors, they, they took their blood a month before they were going to do their test. And then they again tested them at the time of doing their exams. And they measured their T cell levels, in other words, the fighter cell levels, in their bloodstream and they noticed a remarkable drop in the t-cells during the exam time in other words their immune system is impaired what then happens is that we've got nothing to fight our uh, our pathogens that come in so um, a healthy body that has sufficient t-cells might be able to fight the coronavirus uh, in terms of lowering it to a level where it's no different to a common cold. But the moment that my immune system is impaired, I've got no resistance and therefore it just opens up the way to much more dangerous uh, levels of disease to be formed. Okay, so then the real solution, one of the, one of the major solutions that I guess we haven't been hearing on the media then is how to deal with corona stress because if we can keep our stress levels at a manageable level, then the chance of coronavirus being like a bad cold is fairly good, whereas if our stress level goes through the roof and we're you know, getting into fights in the car park over toilet paper and all that kind of thing, then we could actually be setting ourselves up for a very, very bad case of uh, of coronavirus how do we how do we keep our how do we manage corona stress in the current environment just on a lighter note before i respond to that um coming back coming down from the north i brought some some uh, leaves down so for in case <laughs> people have run out of toilet paper down here we're covered <laughs> we're, we're in good shape <laughs> david's bringing us some leaves <laughs> um Lyle, one of the biggest challenges is that people start to self-medicate their stress. How do we do that? Alcohol, smoking, drugs, and that further lowers our immune system. So our coping skills that we use become so negative towards our immune system that we actually impairs it more. Which creates a vicious cycle. 
a vicious cycle. Exactly. Now, people that are highly resilient has this characteristic in all of them, and that is that they very quickly look at a situation, realize what it is, and decides whether they can bring about change in it or not. The moment they realize that they can't control or change it, they disconnect from that and they focus on what they can change. That is a characteristic of highly resilient people. Now, as a Christian, one of the ways that I deal with it is that I make a decision. Can I control a situation? Can I help to, to help my family to build the immune system. Once I have done that, the rest is out of my control. And therefore, I turned in my personal relationship to God, to God, and, and I draw on, on the promises that he's given. And I've got a promise that I'd like to share with your listeners. In Isaiah 41 verse 10, it says, Do not fear. I am with you. Do not be anxious. In other words, don't become stressed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Yes, it's an incredibly powerful promise that we've got right there. And it kind of reminds me of that, uh, and I'm trying to remember the words of it, but that famous prayer about um, you know dealing with the things we can deal with and and not stressing about the, uh, the the things, you know, changing the things that we can change and not worrying about the things we can't change. Exactly. exactly. And I know that's become a mantra for many people who have been dealing with anxiety and stress um, and has been very, very powerful for them to, you know, just to, to continually take things to God and place it in His hands. Yeah. So what further happens with stress is that we stop sleeping. Stress leads to anxiety because we start to zoom in and focus on the stuff that we cannot change, which impacts our sleeping pattern and therefore in further uh, breaks our immune system and further eventually leads to depression. Should we then expect on a global scale as this pandemic moves across the world an increase in depression as a result of you know the virus the impact of the virus is that is that what we saw back in uh, 1918 with the spanish flu depression anxiety it all is linked one to the other uh, one of the, the the worst things to to break down your immune system is also isolation and loneliness which is very typical of people that battles with depression Isolation, and we have countries that are being placed into lockdown where people are being isolated. Is that then? Is that is 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 lockdown then the wrong approach to this? Look, lockdown is meant to to isolate people so that to, in order to protect others to contain the virus. But I think we 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 today have so many means of communication that we should start using that, and this is. This is where one of the critical areas of overcoming mental health issues, where I look away from my own psychopathological issues and I rather see how I can bring about change for other people. So the intentionality to connect with people, and we we can do that without uh, going into their home. We can pick up that phone, start to make the phone calls and check up on people and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. How are you coping with uh, with what you're facing with today? And the, you know, I mean, we often 
we, well, we encourage face-to-face communication in preference to social media communication um, so much. But in a situation, you know, such as what we're facing here, then we are really going to have to go back to social media communication um, for, you know, let's say we're closed down for a month or something like that. Um, and maybe we need to be very intentional about staying in contact with people who, you know, we would normally see, say, for instance, at church once a week. They may not be getting any other social interaction. These might be some vulnerable people we need to be looking out for. It's interesting how that even church-going environment has changed in one week. I, I attended a church uh, where I ran a program on the Central Coast this past weekend. And the moment I arrived, I was immediately told not to shake hands, not to hug, not to kiss, not to have any human touch. By the way, what boosts our immune system? Yeah, tell me about human touch, because that is something that's really been restricted, is uh, human touch. And, you know, I was I was preaching down in Sydney on the weekend. It was the same thing. We were doing elbow bumps and, and uh, ankle taps and all this kind of stuff, which was kind of funny. We all made a joke about it, but... It uh, human touch is this is this something that is important for our mental health and emotional health? During the Second World War, some horrible exam uh, tests were done on kids. Uh, they, for instance, one of those t- tests were where they would take twin babies, and they would feed the one hardly sufficient food to stay alive, but gave them ample touch, and the twin they would give more than enough food. Uh, but hardly any human touch, and they waited to see which baby would die first. Mm. Which one did? The one with hardly sufficient human touch. Yeah, so human touch is obviously something that is incredibly yeah. critical and something we're going to uh, we're going to need to keep in mind. So we need to keep all of these things in mind as the uh, coronavirus epidemic approaches, and we need to be thinking about strategies. How can we stay in contact with people? How can we uh, re-establish that contact once the uh, once the the height of the epidemic has passed? Um, and yeah, what can we do to really? Um, um, be of, uh, of, uh, keep our own emotional health strong during this time period. Uh, before we finish up, Liam, you have something you're going to be sharing there. Yes, uh, for our quiz this morning, we've got another winner. Tomorrow. C- Callum from Morwell, he guessed correctly Antioch as the city where Paul rebuked Peter, Peter uh, because Peter wouldn't eat with Gentiles for fear of the Jews. So the next clue, we're going to start another quiz. This clue is, I am the dust of the Lord's feet. If you think you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 or send us a text on 0491-064-669. Holy Father, love me still. Oh, 
easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hi, my name is Lucas. I go to Warrigal Seventh-day Adventist Church. We would love to have you join us on a Saturday at 10 o'clock for a Sabbath school kids program and then the main service at 11.30. For more information, Google Seventh-day Adventist Church Warrigal.